You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. I'm Christian Babcock, the host of the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. And what we do on the podcast is we talk to disruptive companies in the outdoor industry, talk about innovative hunting solutions that are changing the landscape, as well as offer you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. All in all, I just want to help you become a better hunter by providing you with high-quality knowledge and information that you can trust. Stay tuned. Cool. So uh, for everyone out there that's listening, uh, welcome back to uh, another podcast episode of the Hunter's Advantage podcast. This is episode 49 for us. Um, And at the Hunter's Advantage, our goal is just to educate hunters and share hunting with the world. Um, this week, we are joined with a special guest, uh, Christian Williams. He's the founder of Archery Strong. Uh, Christian, thanks so much for jumping on with me today. Yeah, Christian, thanks for having me. I always enjoy these conversations, and it's been a little bit since uh, you and I have linked up, so looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it's been, I think it's been like a, well over a year, maybe maybe closer to two. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's been quite a while, but for, for those maybe first-time listeners, um, what what exactly is the Archery Strong? Sure. So uh, Archery Strong is a company I started um, about two and a half years ago, and it combines my background of sports injury and sports performance with archery. So uh, essentially what I do is work with archers for a number of goals, the top three goals being um, pain relief for archers that have pain, uh, particularly in their shoulders. We work to relieve that pain. Uh, second goal is to prevent injury. So archers that, you know, like myself and, and probably many of the listeners that really enjoy archery and don't want to run into any issues or pain. Uh, we do injury prevention work. And then finally is a, a performance component where we'll work. I work with some target archers, um, everything from youth up to adult archers, really getting nitty gritty in the details of how we can increase their performance and, and maximize what their bodies can do so that then their mm-hmm. coaches um, can uh, best lead them to their best shot and then uh, also so they can uh, maximize the use of their equipment too so um, it's archery specific strength training pain relief essentially a sports injury and sports performance approach to archery okay no that's that's awesome i'm familiar with it um i think uh, what i notice a lot about your social media posts some of the videos that you post a lot of the diagrams and videos are targeted at the shoulder and so, you know, why, why is that? And, and why is shoulder health so important to archers? Sure. So I call the shoulders, the powerhouses of archery or the powerhouse of archery, meaning that if we look at archery and the demands of archery, we can kind of break it in half between the bow shoulder and the draw shoulder, but the musculature surrounding the shoulder, the ligaments, the tendons, all that, um, nitty gritty stuff, those pieces of the body around the shoulder are what fuel archery, allow the archer to draw the bow, hold the bow, shoot the bow, and do that repetitively shot after shot, session after session, season after season, et cetera, whether you're a bow hunter or a target archer. So those shoulders really make archery possible. And with that being said, with shoulders being such a powerhouse and such a fuel source, if you will, that directly relates to the amount of demand and the amount of stress we're placing on the shoulders. Just like you'd Mm -hmm. say the legs are the powerhouse of running, right? Well, the legs are also what are going to uh, 
endure the greatest stress and the greatest demand when you're running. Same thing with the shoulders and archery. So there are, of course, a lot of working components, but the shoulders are, are really the, the lifeline. I'm using, you know, different metaphors here, the, the lifeline of archery. So that's where we put a lot of the focus. And that is also, um, not ironically, but, uh, make sense going back to the demands of archery the shoulders are also the place where the primary uh the the majority excuse me of injuries and overuse issues occur is within the shoulders Mm -hmm. one thing i noticed is so in college i think i lifted probably like three times as much as i do now sure (laughs) um and i noticed that i had uh a lot less fatigue when i was shooting my bow i felt like i could go outside and shoot my bow like you know, 50 to a hundred times and mm. just enjoy it. And the sun was the only thing that ever stopped yeah, me right, from shooting daylight, my bow. Sure. Right. Yep, yep, and yep. now I go, I've added like a, a front bar and a back bar stabilizer to my bow. And now I feel like uh, not working out my shoulders nearly as much. I'm getting out there shooting 15 to 20 shots and I'm like, man, uh, that's, that's enough for today. Let me put this back in the case. Um, sure. so do you, do you see a lot of people, um, you know, is, what a what what um split do you see in your programs from like preventative maintenance um you know people just trying to keep their shoulders healthy and mm-hmm. you know people having pain and discomfort Sure I'd say it is a very very even split at almost mm-hmm. 50-50 um whereas just like you said there uh, half half the individuals are having some sort of issue whether that's discomfort or pain uh or something that is um, making shooting less enjoyable or, or less successful from, from a discomfort standpoint. And then the other half are more interested in, um, I, I call it the performance side where, you know, Hey, it's, I'm not necessarily having pain. I don't necessarily have issues. Uh, but I really want to make sure I'm doing everything I can to maximize my ability, uh, with my shooting. And a lot of times that is the target archer, um, that we're working with and that we're looking at. And going back to what you said, I really like what you said that, um, in your experience, when you had just done some lifting or had, had uh, been spending some time in the gym, you know, in, encountering some resistance training, you felt that increase in stamina and that endurance. And essentially, you know, that's a large part of, of what I do and what I focus on mm-hmm. in, in that, you know, we look at archery and we think, hey, you know, I, I can draw my bow fine, so I'm, I'm doing well, or, you know, I can shoot a handful of arrows and I'm doing well. And of course, that's the case. And, and, and many archers do very well there and many archers um, aren't going to be extremely limited. But what a lot of this is about is getting that last 10% or that extra 10 or 20%, whether it be um, with hoping to shoot more arrows or feeling just a little bit more solid in the shot or uh, just feeling less fatigue overall. We, we often think of, again, archery where going back to, hey, I can draw it, I can hold it, I'm fine. We often see archery as not all that physically demanding, but the key in this is that there is so much repetition that it's not, mm-hmm. it's not the one draw is difficult. It's not that holding up a, a, a six-pound bow with stabilizers on it is difficult. It's doing that 50 or 75 or 100 times or even more for certain archers. So um, when you're really pushing into that top end, that's where, that's where a lot of this comes into play. So going back to that original question um, about half 
is pain relief or, or injury uh, related. And then the other mm-hmm. half is performance related. And a lot of that, a lot of the focus of both of those categories is bringing the archer up to par with the demands that they are placing on their body. So it's, it's getting them more prepared for that repetition and more prepared uh, for that load through this specific training. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, absolutely. I think one, one way that I have, uh, I've noticed uh, fatigue um, hunting is, and the, you're, something you're not going to get from a target scenario is holding at full draw yeah. um, for a minute plus. I have a yes. video I posted on YouTube of the deer I shot in Texas, and I think it's a minute and twenty seconds. Wow! Of, uh, yes. of holding my bow back. So you do eighty percent lot off at seventy pounds. You can do the math, but that bow holding that thing completely extended, um, locked mm. out, um, just roasted my shoulders. Yes. I think that's one of the one of the areas that um, this kind of training will be super applicable, and it's something you're only going to encounter in a hunting scenario. Yeah, I love that example. I think that's an awesome example. And you know, speaking to the bow hunter with a in a situation like that, you never know when you're going to encounter a situation like that. And um, you know, I, I I would say it's a situation that isn't going to happen that often, but it's the it's the what if right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the what if something like that happens. And if, even if you are shooting a compound, uh, 80% let off, I think my PSE's up at 90% let off, even after, once you get past that one minute mark, um, it really is humbling how difficult, not, not only it is to, to hold full draw. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, that portion is more, um, is more realistic to hold the full draw, but it's holding steady and it, it's, it's staying relaxed as far as you start to feel yourself, like you said, get roasted, right? Mm-hmm. You're starting to move around a lot and it's so easy to panic in that situation and see your, your pin and your sight and feel your bow moving around. Uh, it's getting worse and worse and worse. It's so easy to panic and punch that trigger and, and execute poorly on that shot. But you know, the, the more scenarios we have where there is physical stress, there is, um, a requirement to, to push a little bit beyond what you're comfortable with. The more times that you can encounter that, stay calm during it, keep your position and continue executing the way you want to, um, the better off you can be. And that's, you know, again, that's one of those scenarios. It's rare, but man, um, you know, if you're after a, a beautiful whitetail like you were, or mm-hmm. I've seen some other videos, um, that's, that's a great example. Yeah, no, I mean, the punching the trigger thing, that's, that's the difference, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm holding that pin low on an animal. And as yep. soon as I see that pin start to touch some fur, when I'm that fatigued, mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, I want to let this fly. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, that's, I think that it takes a, you know, in, in a previous version of myself, I would have, um, mm-hmm. but I know, I know the hours and weeks of agony I would, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would put myself through yeah. if I something like that. But sure. I think that's a, that's a great scenario where, um, you know, all this training, you know, might pay off in a little two second increment, mm-hmm. but, um, it's all going to be worth it on, you know, possibly a, an animal of a lifetime for, for sure. some people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you talk about on your website, I think one of, the um, one of your value props is, you know, uh, building a bulletproof archer. Mm-hmm. Um, what exactly in your mind as strength and conditioning, um, coach, uh, lifter, you know, what, what is a bulletproof archer to you and, and how do we go about building one? Well, you know, apart from telling us exactly what's all in your program. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a good question. 
there are a couple of really big components and the two biggest components, we'll keep it simple uh, because I love to get nerdy with this stuff and get drawn out. <laughs> we'll keep it simple. And the first component is one that we've already touched on a little bit, but it's this idea that if we're talking about archery, it's not the load of, of drawing and shooting uh, a bow once or, or a handful of times or, or dozens of times. It's not the load that can break down an archer, whether that's uh, causing pain or just poor, poor performance through fatigue. It's not the load that causes the problem. It's being unprepared for that load. Mm-hmm. If, uh, uh, a good example to connect this, because uh, I know this can be a little bit foreign, is um, if you took somebody from a, if you took a sedentary person from a desk job and you told them to go run 10 miles, right? Mm-hmm. They're unprepared for that load. It's going to crush them. But you take somebody who's trained for uh, endurance races and has done, you know, marathons or triathlons or whatnot, and you give them that 10, that 10, 10 miles, no problem whatsoever, because they're prepared for that load. Same thing in archery, being, being a, you know, quote unquote, bulletproof archer, an archer that's not going to run into issues and that is going to be able to uh, perform at their best is ensuring that they are prepared for the load. And what that means is it's making sure that the joint, the, the connective tissue, ligaments, tendons, the muscle, et cetera, is all prepared and conditioned and trained to encounter stress over and over and over and over again, whether it's in the form of high poundage, many arrows, holding at full draw for a long time, any any of these factors, being bulletproof and again, preventing issues, overcoming issues and maximizing performance is a matter of preparing that individual to encounter that stress and handle that repetitive load over and over and over again. So that's the first component is being prepared for load Uh, and conditioning yourself to endure that stress of shooting over and over. The other component is perfecting the function of mostly the shoulders, but the entire upper body. And what I mean by that, when we say function, um, if we picture our our upper body or our shoulders specifically as a a machine, right? Or uh, compare it to like a truck or even even a bow, right? Mm -hmm. A truck or a bow or our shoulders, they were built and created in a certain way. It's just how God made us. He gave us structure. So that structure is designed to do a specific job. Your, your truck's wheels and drivetrain are meant to rotate and turn, right? Our bow right. and our cam is meant to stay aligned and to rotate and, and uh, to disperse load and different things. Th- these structures or machines are designed, again, to do a specific job. As we go throughout life and we have bad habits and we endure minor or major injuries or uh, train our bodies to, to do things that, in a way that they really shouldn't, our mm-hmm. function starts to deteriorate. The, our, our machine um, starts to uh, perform poorly. Its moving parts don't work as well as they used to. Its moving parts might be a little bit out of whack. They're not uh, fully functional. They're not functioning at their full capacity. So going back to that idea of building a bulletproof archer, we need to refine and uh, perfect the function again of our shoulders specifically, but again, the other portions of the upper body too. So we're looking at the structure of the shoulders and saying, what do these shoulders need to do to be healthy? What do they need to, to do to um, 
repetitively draw and shoot a bow without issue. We're going in, we're identifying those issues that that individual has, and then we're, we're um, smoothing them out, we're correcting them, and we're making sure that they stay that way as the archer then continues forward. So it's, it's making sure that the moving parts and the non-moving parts of that machine, meaning our shoulders, are, are maximized, they're moving and functioning the way that they should be so that they don't run into issues from compensation, poor movement, and poor control. Right. No, that's awesome. And so for, um, you know, as we know, every archer has different habits, whether those are good or bad. Um, what is archery strong and what's your guys' approach to um, maybe a customized solution for someone that has a particular habit or has a particular goal? Are your, um, are your programs customizable or, um, you know, how, how do you guys uh, take an approach at that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when we when we get an archer, uh, the, one of the main things that we're looking at or we want to identify is what are the needs of that archer and then what are the goals of that archer? Mm-hmm. And, and those two things really fuel or, or maybe direct the way that we want to go and we want to take that archer. Because someone who says, hey, I want to I really build a solid, stable endurance-driven bow shoulder, someone who wants that compared to someone who says, I have pain in my draw shoulder, are very, Mm -hmm. very different. So we need to identify, again, what are the needs of that archer? What are the goals? And then we can dive into the details and find out the the pieces that are missing, the pieces that are there, and then correct everything that needs to be corrected and improve upon everything that needs to be improved upon. So we have really tried to move more towards that customization mm-hmm. type of approach. Now, when I first started this, I tried to keep it more generalized because it was more cost effective for the individual. Right. Um, like any, like anything, I want this, this training to be effective, but I also want it to be accessible for people. Mm-hmm. So there was always a battle between, um, how individualized can I make it, but still keep the cost down so that this person can do it? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, my ultimate goal is to help people. And if I have the best tools in the world, but they're only accessible to 10% of the people that need them, I don't find that to be a very effective mission. Um, and then on the flip side of the coin, I can make something that's accessible to everybody, but it might not be as effective as it needs to be. So I'm continually trying to strike that balance and I'm continually adjusting. Um, I, I'm finding ways and currently working on some, some, uh, really exciting ways to address all of those levels, right? Address mm-hmm. the person who needs the most one-on-one specific support possible. I have that finding ways to address the person who's in the middle who needs some one-on-one attention, but, but doesn't or can't necessarily go to, um, uh, go to that top end option. And then someone at, at the lower side of the scale, who's, who's doesn't necessarily need one-on-one attention. They just want some good quality work to do. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's something that I'm going to be rolling out here soon too, which I'm excited about. So, um, that's, that's a, a good question. And, and I always, provide the disclaimer that I love the one-on-one work and that is the most effective way to do it. However, the reality of it is that some people can't work into the, the, the customized, fully personalized work, whether it be cost or whether it be time or whatever it is. Um, so I'm always trying to find the best solution for the individual. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think custom is 
that's that's an awesome uh, ability to have. I see on your website you even have the ability for video consultations. You know, meeting with customers. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that is that, that is the the top um, the top best way to go about the the training, and we've really moved to that. And I really try to encourage that as much as I can, uh, because meeting through those the video consults um, is a great way to identify the issue and address the issue. So I think one thing I uh, failed to, neg to or neglected to ask you on the first time that we uh, yeah. podcasted together, you know, um, to have archery strong means that we have to have archers and to, yeah. to have archers, we got to have people um, that are interested in archery and teach others archery. Yeah. You know, who, uh, who got you in archery? How'd you get into it? That's an awesome question. Huh? So my story is pretty, probably pretty consistent with a lot of people's stories where I grew up uh, with a dad that was awesome with introducing me to the outdoors and getting me involved in the outdoors. I remember um, having a bow hanging up in, in the garage uh, above uh, some tool shelves mm -hmm. that, uh, that I could go grab. And um, I was thinking about the other day, if my dad listens to this podcast, he's going to kick my butt. But <laughs> I, re I remember being a little kid and you know, just being dumb and, you know, uh, drawing my bow, pointing it straight in the air and launching an arrow as <laughs> high into the air as I could, you know, just, just stupid stuff like that. Right. Um, but you know, I got to shoot a bow and got uh, exposed to the outdoors when I was, um, a young boy, but I really didn't connect with archery until my teen years. Um, I had been involved in my teen years in some competitive weightlifting and some competitive cro uh, CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And, um, for some different reasons, I ended up kind of pulling away from at least the competitive side of that. And I really wanted to get into, um, into something else that would, would fill that need for, um, fill that need for not only adventure, but just, uh, uh, struggle and challenge probably is the best way to put it. You know, right. what was something that would give me the most challenge, um, that I could get into. And, I had had some friends that were that were really into archery. You know, I had some seen some things on TV, um, and it had always been an interest of mine to to get more into when I had the time. Mm -hmm. And I actually sold I sold a rowing machine that I had used when I was uh, competing in competitive CrossFit, and I think I had gotten like eight hundred bucks or something for it. And I said, you know what? What a better thing to put this money towards a new bow. So I went down to a bow shop and talked to one of the guys and, you know, started looking around and, uh, came back another day, shot some bows and, uh, and then from there it just took off and, uh, and just fell in love with it and fell in love with the challenge, fell in love with, um, the effort it took to get better, fell in love with the, the time and, uh, the consistent practice that it took. And then all the, the, all the opportunities that opened up for me, um, with, with hunting and, and then moving on into this. So. Um, that's, that's my story as far as getting into this. So did you have any, um, you know, when you first get started bow hunting, mm -hmm. I, I remember rifle hunting and, um, it's obviously super, obviously super dangerous. So my dad did just leave me, um, in the stand with a rifle, <laughs> but I felt, um, as if I really needed a, um, let's say an archery mentor, uh, per mm -hmm. se, when I first started, you know, getting into archery, you know, just understanding how to interact in this, uh, really, um, really awesome dance between a whitetail and a human, you know, sub under 50 yards. I mean, was there anyone mm -hmm. that uh, kind of mentored you and, and helped you or did, was there a ton of mess ups in the first year of bow hunting, trying to get drawn, you know, shooting at wrong distances or you know, <laughs> what did that look like for you? Well, the first part of that question I'll answer is kind of the, uh, the, the mentor side of it. And mm -hmm. 
I didn't have one person that really stuck out to me that was, you know, the, the, the main driver behind it. I, you know, my dad uh, taught me and guided me a little bit. Um, and I had a couple friends that were interested in it and guided me. The, the, the uh, couple of guys at uh, Bucks and Bows Archery uh, here in Western Pennsylvania, shout out to them. They always guided me and, and were phenomenal with uh, steering me in the right direction. So I owe a lot to them, uh, Rick and Tony there. Um, but I would say, and I don't remember if we talked about this in the first podcast, but really where I, what do people say? What's the saying? Um, not where I, I grip my teeth or, or, Oh, I know exactly what you're trying to say. That, I can't remember saying, either. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, you know, but where I, uh, where everything kind of, um, came out to, to teach me through failure was, um, I had bought the bow in, I bought my, my first main, you know, real bow in, in May. And, uh, I had practiced for three, four weeks and, you know, felt decent. You know, I could hit, hit a baseball from 20 yards, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, most shots. And, uh, I said, Hey dad, I'm, I'm, you know, getting pretty good. And I'd really like to go out and, uh, and hunt. What, what can I hunt? And it was June. And he was like, but there's, there's not really anything <laughs> in season here in Pennsylvania. And he kind of laughed. He said, you could try to go shoot a couple groundhogs. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, Oh man, like, sounds awesome sounds perfect so uh i you know not not really knowing at all what i was doing i went out to i got some small game heads and um went to a a nearby farm that i'd worked at or or a horse farm that i had helped run and i went over a dozen times and wasn't successful whatsoever you know i was getting busted 200 yards away from groundhogs and trying to stalk and um you know just just a mess and but finally one night um there was a groundhog that, uh, or I should say on this horse farm out in this field, there were a bunch of horse jumps and the groundhogs had dug holes in relation to these horse jumps, just like, um, you know, bass will, um, uh, put their spawning bed right next to some, some structure cover. Right. And, uh, I had been kind of stalking through these horse jumps and, uh, I knew there were some groundhog holes on this one horse jump. Sure enough, I, I sneak up on one 20 yards as a groundhog and I release an arrow and, and it lands. And I, I finally got my first, first, uh, groundhog after so many, uh, so many failed attempts and failed hunts. But that, that was my start of bow hunting and, and man, I, I am so thankful for it. And I, I still, to this day, I love hunting groundhogs with a bow. Um, I, uh, have done it many summers since then have had a lot of success since then. And it's just an awesome, awesome way to, learn the ropes of bow hunting, you know, how to stalk, when to draw, when to release that arrow, what's the wind doing, what, how's the sun play a role, uh, what's your, your route as far as how you're walking through these farms, all these different things. Um, and, and thankfully there's a lot of opportunities here in Pennsylvania to do that. So, uh, that's, that was what really, um, where I really, you know, I, I can't think of that saying grit my teeth, broke my teeth or whatever. So on, it's, on it's something hunting. like that. Yeah. So that's, that's really funny. Uh, anyone that follows you on Instagram will probably know you as the groundhog slayer. I mean, <laughs> during the summer months, I mean, so many groundhogs are going down. Um, yeah, that's, I, fun. that's a very similar, uh, I think to my story on, on bow hunting is, you know, taking a bunch of old aluminum arrows out of my buddy's dad's closet. Yeah. I'm um, shooting him through a bow with the wrong draw length, wrong, you know, <laughs> super heavy. And we used to go out and just shoot birds off of limbs yeah. with yeah. arrows and, 
those those aluminum arrows wouldn't go nearly as far, but you know we'd find arrows two hundred yards uh, past where we shot at a bird on a limb. But right. it's just funny to hear you cutting your teeth on. Uh, That's that, that might be teeth. it. Yeah, That's cutting it. your teeth That's on uh, on you know small game animals like that. That's yeah, really it's, funny. It's it's still um, it's still like tied up there for my favorite type of bow hunting. I, mm-hmm. I love to deer hunt, but man um that's it's a blast so yeah so is it a is it an equestrian center is that what it is if there's jumps and stuff that was yeah that was okay. a, a little farm that man i still still heartbroken to this day but uh was i, I grew up working at um a horse farm equestrian center riding and mm-hmm. and i it's my first job there and i worked there all the way through man i was until i was like 23 24 just absolutely loved the place and uh and and it's placed my first first harvest with a bow first kill with a bow so yeah that's yeah. awesome my that's my cool. wife was a uh she was an equestrian at oklahoma state no so kidding. yeah awesome. i hear all the time about horses and the barns and yep. she has this deep crazy relationship with her barn that she's grown up with since she was six <laughs> and um she still goes to it today she's actually at a horse show right now which is why i'm able cool. to do this with uh awesome. nothing in the background here but that's really awesome. funny yeah yeah so um it, obviously it's going to take uh, a lot of passion and uh persistence you know to uh you know create archery strong you know what's it what's it been like uh you know since a couple of weeks ago i think you announced going full-time you know uh, what, what, what got you to that point? Yeah. So, um, you know, like most of us, uh, younger guys trying to figure out what the heck we want to do with our lives and, right. um, you know, what's going on. Um, I, I've been bouncing around for, um, really ever since, ever since I graduated, uh, undergrad, I, um, undergrad, I, I got a degree in exercise science and, um, for, uh, many years I worked at a sports injury center in a sports injury office and, uh, um, decided that I, I just, it wasn't what I wanted to do for, for the long term. And, mm-hmm. uh, in during that time, I, I started coaching some different strength and conditioning on the side. I started this business. Um, I did some extra schooling. Um, and finally just, you know, between we had been talking before, uh, between getting married, buying a house and, um, it just finally got to the point where, uh, I am able to give this a shot going full time. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing that since last month, beginning or middle of uh, December and have, have some different things in the works. Um, working with a lot of awesome clients, a lot of awesome archers and, uh, and just adjusting, adjusting and, and playing it day by day, trying right. to figure things out as I go. So does that, does doing that, uh, allowing you to quit your other job and, you know, invest full time into this one, is that going to mean expanded curriculum for clients, more time mm-hmm. for video consultations, or probably just a little bit of all of that? Uh, yep. Uh, a little bit of everything. Like I said, the main goal is, um, is to help people. So I'm looking for as many ways as I can possibly do that. The main things are, uh, use the perfect word. There's I'm, I'm going to put out a really low cost, really accessible, uh, curriculum, that people can go through kind of as like a, a maintenance or kind of like a school uh, that mm-hmm. they can keep up with just to address the basic needs of their shoulders and what they need for archery. I'm going to put that out. I want to be able to connect with more people across the world um, with the video consultations and the, the one-on-one uh, type work. And then uh, you know, just putting out more information there for the masses too. Um, I, I know there's, there's a need for it. Um, not for everybody, of course, but there are people out there that, um, 
vets are interested and, and are excited about making sure they can do everything that they can to, to be able to hunt for the rest of their life and mm-hmm. be able to shoot for the rest of their life. And that's my goal. Um, you know, I always, I always tell people that I know what archery means to me right. in particular. I know what bow hunting means to me and, and what role that plays in my life beyond just, you know, successful hunts or, um, you know, being accurate with a bow, but just the, 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 the adventures it provides the, the platform it provides to, to become a better man, become a better, um, better, uh, user of the land and, and this earth that, that God created. So, um, I want to make sure that everybody's able to enjoy archery in the way that means most to them and that it's not mm-hmm. taken away from them. So, uh, I'm excited to keep that mission going. Yeah, that's awesome. One thing I was just thinking about when you were talking, when we were using the word curriculum is, I think a good parallel um, in the industry for people that are kind of trying to uh, digest this is, have you ever heard of the school of knock um, by yeah. John, John mm-hmm. Dudley? I, mm-hmm. I compare your program, although in a different um, segment, um, very comparable uh, to something like that. Obviously um, his is more focused on uh, setting your bow up and understanding how to uh, execute right. shots and stuff like that. But right. I think that's a good parallel to what you're doing more in the, the fitness and the health space. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a great comparison. Um, he's, he's uh, obviously very knowledgeable and, Mm -hmm. um, excellent when it comes to the equipment side of things and, 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 uh, shooting technique, shooting form and coaching. Um, he's, he's great there. And, uh, yeah, I think that this is, I would use the word, um, like this, this is like a great addition to something like that where, um, I'm not, I'm not an archery coach. I focus on archery from, uh, the the physical biomechanical side of things and what the body needs to do behind mm-hmm. the bow um so this is focused on shoulder health injury prevention maximizing the, the shoulder function and the capacity of the shoulders to be able to shoot that bow well and to be able to shoot it repetitively so um definitely this is something that that runs along nicely as like an add-on for sure yeah, I think something that's really cool too is just um, this general shift I'm starting to see in the way people are digesting the complement, you know, how fitness complements hunting. I know sure. we've got a lot of people out of here, out here that um, pick a lot of fun or take a lot of shots at people like sure. Cameron Haynes and endurance sure. athletes, and you don't have to sure. be that to sit in a tree stand. But sure. it's a really interesting time um, in the wood mm-hmm. or in the world of hunting to see fitness, uh, being very complimentary of being a better archer or being uh, a better hunter or a uh, woodsman. And I'm, yeah. I'm really excited for this time. Yeah, I am too. You know, I, the way I compare it or the way I like to think about it, um, is that most of us specifically as, as bow hunters, um, we don't just like to get put in a stand where 150 inch whitetail is going to walk by and shoot it. Right. Mm -hmm. We like to scout. We like to do the research. We like to learn from other people. We like to, we like the process of hunting throughout the season, putting in the time and the work. And I just see the fitness side of things as another branch of that, you know, where, um, I think sometimes people, you know, if they're not doing the fitness thing along with the hunting that it might be a little bit like threatening or, or maybe a little bit, um, degrading or like, Oh, you know, you're a hunter and you're not doing the new fitness thing. And other people are, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I really hope that people don't feel that way and don't see it like that. I just see it as another, um, uh, another, um, kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, a le- another leg of the table that's going to support this, this whole idea of archery in, in bow hunting. 
Um, I just think it's another thing that you can get involved with to, to maximize not only archery, but just your life too. You know, a lot of us talk about, um, you know, being conservationists as bow hunters, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and being connected with the wild. And I think that, um, viewing health in, in this fitness and maximizing our bodies is just another, uh, again, another branch or another avenue of that is, Hey, you know, if we're concerned about, um, what's happening with the nature and the world around us, um, in, in the wild and the public land, you know, we can also think about what's uh, going on with our bodies too. Um, and, and, you know, for those that aren't, I don't, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's some great things to be found in that. Um, mm-hmm. and I think there's great things to be found in conservation and great things to be found in the process of hunting. Um, but, uh, you know, to each his own, of course. And, and I, I think the main goal should be, let's, let's get the information out there. Let's get right. the, the let's get people to my hope is that, uh, people are just able to, to, um, understand the benefits and, and as long as they're exposed to those benefits and how it may benefit them, then I think that's awesome. And I think that that's going to, um, just has a potential to, to lift them up as, as a hunter or whatever other, uh, style of archery that they're, they're going through. Yeah. I, I think this, this plugin of, of fitness and you're saying, um, you know, another leg or branch to the tree, that's kind of, um, erupting. I think a lot of it, um, in my opinion, comes from uh, one access to information, the ability to understand mm-hmm. we have a plethora of public land um, in the United States. We have right. the ability now, whereas my dad um, grew up, he's a whitetail hunter and he's a hunter of opportunity of what's in his region, you know, what mm-hmm. he can hunt in his sure. part of the country. Now everyone is wanting to do these Western big game hunts and Mm -hmm. wants to shoot 75 or 80 yards at an animal and wants to push themselves physically. And I've spent a week in Colorado. It is pushing yourself physically. Yeah. Um, And it's just this beautiful marriage of, um, you know, adventure and wild and all these Western hunters get it. I feel like they've got it Mm -hmm. for a little while. Um, Right. Programs like mountain tough where people are, you know, doing all this crazy stuff to get ready for the mountain. It's such a foreign thing to us. Um, at least in the central part of the country, yeah, and yeah, really part of the country. Um, but now it's just, it's becoming, you know, I'm realizing that I could do the North American big game, super slam. I can kill 29 big game animals and fitness is going to be a very important part of that. Right. If I want to do it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, it goes back, it makes me think back to when I was talking about the needs of the archer, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I deal with an archer in their shoulders, I'm, I'm considering what are their specific needs. And I think the same thing applies to just an archer in general. Um, some archers are going to put more value and more emphasis on fitness based on what their needs are and others aren't. And, and I think that that's okay. You know, a, a target archer is going to, to um, maybe be less concerned with with overall fitness and more concerned with how their shoulders are performing. And then a bow hunter might be vice versa. A bow hunter says, well, right. I don't shoot, you know, uh, I don't shoot 500, a thousand arrows a week. Uh, but I do hike. I mean, I am going to be hiking, you know, miles and miles and miles in the mountains. So eh, my shoulders can, you know, I'll kind of let them, them, you know, be, they're fine, but I am mm-hmm. going to be focused on the fitness. So neither one of those is, you know, I, I think, um, uh, uh, lower than the other. I think it's just a matter of, what the individual's needs are and what they're going to prioritize. Um, taking a little bit of a turn here. Uh, I saw, I've been keeping up with you a little bit on the, the recurve or traditional. I don't know which one you're shooting. Um, recurve. Yeah. Recurve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I shot at my first recurve the other day. I shot a black widow in November 
And I'm not sure if you're familiar with that bow, but this guy was telling me it was like a $1,500 recurve. Yeah. I, like, I thought compound bow hunting was expensive. Like, <laughs> yeah, piece of yeah. wood that's uh, that expensive. How's recurve been hunting or recurve hunting been going for you? Oh man, I I, I gotta say I love it. Um, mm -hmm. Every normally one of the questions that falls up is, um, you know, how, why did you start or how did you get into right. that? So I'll kind of tie that into. Um, and during quarantine, I was having a lot of wear and tear issues uh, with my compounds. And, mm -hmm. um, thankfully I'm really close with the bow shop bucks and bows archery. Um, th they helped me out so much. Thankfully they were able to work with me a little bit during quarantine, but by and large, I was kind of just like hung out to dry. Like, man, my, my business is shooting and I can't shoot. This is, this mm -hmm. stinks. And I was just, I was just really tired of all the, the technical stuff behind the compound. And I thought, what a better time right now, uh, when I'm not, I'm, I'm, uh, not able to do the strength and conditioning coaching I was doing on the side too. I have some extra time. What a great time to, to, uh, learn, uh, right. with a recurve. So I got connected with Tom Klum, uh, and he was fantastic in, in guiding me and helping me, um, out at, um, RMS gear and, uh, got a bow from him, got started with him, went through some of his course and still, uh, working through that and, uh, just got hooked because it, it's tough. And like I said earlier on, uh, what I love part of what I love or most of what I love about archery and bow hunting is the challenge and, mm -hmm. and it being hard. And, um, it is, it is, it is tough, tough, tough with a recurve. And I've been really enjoying that getting better with that. I shot, I spent a lot of my time shooting the majority of my time shooting, um, this summer and fall with the recurve and on Halloween on a, um, 10 acre small parcel, just down the road in my new hometown here. I knocked on the gentleman's door, asked if I could bow hunt. I went in there for a hanging hunt, never scouted it, never uh, did anything except looked, looked on a map and studied the map, went in there, um, read the sign, found a pinch point between a pond and a, a horse fence and mm -hmm. got, got in a tree uh, with a hanging hunt and harvested my first uh, mature doe with a recurve at seven yards on Halloween night. And man, I'll tell you what, that was one of the most exciting, uh, exciting hunts I've ever had in archery was, was that first recurve doe. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. man. I, I look forward to it as soon as I quit spending all this money on all <laughs> tents and all kinds of other sure, sure. stuff. I think the recurves next for me, but sure. No, that's awesome. Um, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's pretty much all I had for, uh, this, uh, the 49th episode of the hunter's advantage podcast. Awesome, man. Uh, I appreciate you jumping on with me, man. It's a pleasure as always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank, thank you for the conversation. I love talking with you and, uh, great to, to hear from you again. I've been keeping up with you and I know you've had some exciting <laughs> things going on in your life. So yeah. it's, uh, it's good to connect again and have a, have a nice conversation. Of course, man. Well, I hope we get to do this one day in person post COVID. Um, when all the shows get back together and maybe do a hunt sometime, that'd be really, really fun too. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. So lastly, where can, uh, where can everyone find you on socials, on the website, maybe if they want to get involved in a program? Sure. So, um, Instagram is one of the best ways to connect with me at, uh, archery.strong. Uh, that's on Instagram. Um, I have a website that is archery dash. So there's a dash sign and then strong archery dash strong.com. Um, there's a way to, to contact me through there. My email's on there. My phone number's on there. Heck, I always tell people, reach out however you can, however you want. Uh, I love hearing from new people, whether you have questions, interests, or curiosities, please reach out. I'm happy to talk. Hey guys, thank you so much for consuming the Hunter's Advantage podcast. We really appreciate it. And we really do do the podcast for you all. 
and just to stay in tune with that and what you guys want to hear, feel free to message us on Facebook or Instagram on who you would like to see on the podcast next.